This morning, we're actually starting a new series on service, the topic of putting others first. One of the best yet challenging messages I've heard over the time is, it was titled, How to Be Number One at Being Number Two. It was a challenging thought right from the title. How can we be number one? How can I be the very best I can be at being number two? If you've ever served under someone else's leadership in a work context or maybe here at church, it can be, you can be amazed how oftentimes our own thoughts and challenges, the ideas and the agendas can cause us to lose track of the importance of submitting, of serving to that leadership and employing Christian character, which is so critical in the space of serving, laying down our lives and putting others first. Church, this morning's message is entitled, Winning the Battle by Lifting Others. As we've heard, Pastor Phil, Elise and Rachel, they're living it up. They are blessed and they are in New Zealand right now, taking some time to be restored and recharged to be reunited as a family, to spend some really critical time together. As far as I'm aware, everything's going great because we pray for them and we journey with them, but he's taking some well-deserved time out. So I've got a bit of a thought this morning, seeing as though he's not here, let's talk about him for once. (laughs) Come on, because he talks about us enough, doesn't he? When he gets up here, doesn't he, Matt? Where are you, buddy? Anyway... He always says, come sit down the front, everyone, because I won't pick on you if you're at the front. But that's not the truth, Pastor Phil. No, I'm not here to make a joke or mock, but let's talk about him. He'd be very awkward. He'd feel super uncomfortable if I was to deliver this message with him in the room because of his humility. Romans 13 verse 7 tells us to render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom they are due, Customs to customs, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. I've heard pastors' wives, associate pastors, assistant pastors, even the pastors themselves over the years, not in this church, but I've heard messages where they've preached messages on how you need to honour the senior minister. And unfortunately, even though it's true, sometimes the heart, the drive behind the message can come across wrong, almost loaded. You must submit to God's authority. When you put that voice on, it's just like, come on. If delivered incorrectly, it can seem that we're elevating the pastor above Jesus. And I pray this morning, if you only hear one thing, please know my heart. That is not at all what we are doing in this house. However, we're going to honour, we're going to spend a bit of time uh, unpacking the importance of our senior pastor. My prayer this morning is that as you hear this morning's message, you'll receive it. And be challenged, as I have been in the preparing of it, in the area of winning, be encouraged in the area of winning battle by lifting others. It's an interesting thought. We can win battles by actually lifting up, supporting, encouraging, and praying for others, as we'll see. If you'd like to turn with me to Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13. Having said that, they'll also be on the screen. I'll be reading, I believe, most scriptures this morning from the New King James Version, but you can read along. If we need the house lights on, give the team at the back a wave and and they can turn them up if you'd like to flick through the Word of God, but it should be, boom, on the screen. I love it. Thank you, visual team. It reads, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be a mature in the Lord, be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It is in this scripture, in this portion of scripture, this part that I want to bring your attention to, it's the pastor. Through this scripture, I realized something. The pastor is one of the five office gifts to the church. And here's where I really need you to do me a favor, church. I'm sure he's watching online. Can someone please not tell me, tell him that it's true. He's been saying for years that he is God's gift. (sighs) I know, I'm sneaking a couple of those in there. Stay on the edge of your seats. Seriously, though, the the pastor is a gift. Our pastor. Our pastor is a gift. And no one is surprised more about me saying a statement like that than me who grew up with him (laughs) and had to put up with him. The work that God has done in that man's life, why wouldn't you want to get saved when you see that transformation? I say that with all sincerity. That was a big part of my own journey. Seriously though, and I'm still being serious, a pastor is a gift, he's a great gift, he's our gift, a gift that God has called to service, appointed, anointed and put in charge of JC Family Church. Knowing this, I want to stretch your mind this morning and challenge your way of thinking, maybe even challenge your words, your prayers, your actions towards our senior pastor. Now this, before I go any further, I can say with all honesty, this is an amazing church. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, if I'm going to be Phil for a second, repeat after me. This is an amazing church. Come on. The gathering of the body of believers. Church, you're amazing. Other than the usual bumps, lumps along the journey that happen within organizations where you get people from with different mindsets and understandings, those little bumps along the way, to my knowledge, this church pray for and encourage Pastor Phil. I see it. I know it. In fact, I love that I can share this message not as a correction. If you're convicted, this is not pointed or directed at anyone at all because none of what I'm touching on is specifically pointed at you. I love that I can share this message not as a correction but as an encouragement to keep being such an incredible, awesome church. Excuse me, church. The term pastor, when spoken about in the Bible, is often described as, or best described as, shepherd. The one who guides and cares for the flock. Throughout the Word of God, we see many references and examples of shepherds. Firstly, the most ultimate shepherd is revealed in John 10, 11, where we see Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We see David as a mild-mannered young shepherd boy rise up and pave the way showing God's power and strength and might to his own people in an act of unsurpassed bravery against the giant Goliath. Which leads me to think that if we too are protected by a shepherd, then we we have someone to stand for us and with us in our times of need for protection and for breakthrough. Jesus is that shepherd, but church, Pastor Phil intercedes for each and every single person in this space. Know that you are not on any journey alone. Moses was another shepherd who, was his father in, who, who shepherded his father's in-law's sheep. 
Then he called, he was called to shepherd God's people, the Israelites, out of captivity, out of slavery, out of bondage. And then we read in Acts 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he surpassed and purchased, sorry, which he purchased in his own blood. Sounds easy if I say it quickly, even I fumbled over the words though. Feed and shepherd God's church. As we see in the Bible, shepherding was definitely not easy on years gone by. And church is definitely not easy now. At a glance, the job of pastor can look really easy. can look quite quite alluring as well. You work for a few hours on a Sunday morning. In fact, you only have to speak for half an hour. You get to stand around, talking, drinking coffee oftentimes, occasionally counting how many sheep you have. Sometimes bragging to the other shepherds in the local area about how many sheep you have. <laughs> However, to add some reality to this picture, please don't, please don't take that as your honest truth right there. The pastor's calling is definitely not easy, and that's why there's so few of them. Because you're constantly giving of yourself and pouring into the community. This is because the structure of the modern day church has changed over the years and pastors wear so many hats. In fact, some would say way too many hats. CEO, therapist, scholar, teacher, administrator, accountant, fundraiser, friend of children, of course, preacher, spiritual leader, wedding and funeral facilitator, interceder, house blesser, and so much more. For every 20 people that go into pastoring, only one retires well from the ministry. The rest don't make it to an aged retirement because they're either burnt out, dismissed, have a moral failing or falling, or they just quit. I don't know about any other professions where there's a 95% drop-off. Some studies suggest over 45% of pastors will experience burnout or depression that will make them leave their calling. It'll force them to. Many pastors report serious conflict with a member of the congregation once a month, some even more. These statistics are not from JC. Although when you put people together who don't always see eye to eye, sometimes you've got to work really, really hard for unity. Then there's the pastor's family. 48% apparently of pastors acknowledge that their work is hazardous to their family's well-being. Not just out of threat and danger, although some on the mission field, absolutely, your life is what you're laying down. And if your family are doing this ministry journey with you, they're at risk. But in general life, in general life, it can be hazardous to the family's health. It takes a cost. There's a cost to this ministry journey. Many pastors say that, that, sorry, many pastors' wives say that the greatest danger to them and their family is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual burnout. Or a mixture, a combination of any of those. Most pastors say that they have insufficient time with their spouse and that ministry has a negative effect on their family. However, while, we have seen, um, where, while we've seen seasons where Pastor Phil has gone through different difficulties along the way, he does seek supervision, he does seek wise counsel, he has other people that speak into him and pray for him so that he can keep that balance right. Pastoring is the only position I'm aware of where if you make a mistake, you get the blame. But if you get it right, someone else gets the glory. 
Unlike any other job, many positions are reviewed once or twice a year, maybe. A pastor, they're critiqued every single weekend. While many view pastors as spiritual superheroes, so there can be a good side to it, who sometimes have all the answers and they never falter or fail. The truth is, pastors are painfully human. And none more than our beloved Pastor Phil, who doesn't hide his limitations or his weaknesses. He speaks about it openly. We're a transparent church. In fact, it's to the point to his own detriment sometimes where people correct him for speaking too openly, for sharing about his past inadequacies. But we really are a church that's transparent. The reason he does that is because sometimes people can come in, connect. We don't want to be the church where the senior pastor is so distant, so aloof, that he's just with God the whole time. But absolutely, he has lived life and God has been a miracle work in God in that man's life. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, another reason why Pastor Phil is encouraged to speak about his own past, his own inadequacies, past and present. It's because in the, in the Bible it says, my grace is sufficient for you. God tells us, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities and the power of Christ that, may, may, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Pastors aren't exclusive or, or uh, trials and testings. They have to go through them all. This is precisely why we need to take the Bible seriously. It says about our responsibility to support and encourage others. And this is the month. Service, support, encourage others particularly our pastor. Recently, I read a great message, a passage, sorry, that gives us a great picture of how we can achieve this victory by encouraging and supporting our senior pastor. We're going to read from Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 to 13. It reads, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some good men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with my rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. When the scripture speaks of lifting hands, it teaches we can do this in worship and in prayer, but what's more, we can do it in bringing glory to God. God makes his people able and he calls them to various services for the good of his church. Moses' hands were held up as a banner to encourage the soldiers and also to God by a way of appeal to him. But as any shepherd who makes a stand intercedes for his people and leads the way, Moses became tired and weary. It was great encouragement to the people 
fighting to see Joshua before them in the field of battle and Moses above them on the hill. A picture of Christ, both for us, our Joshua, the captain of our salvation, who fights our battles, and Moses, who makes intercession above, that our faith will not fail. Thank you, Jesus. As we see in verse 12, there are two bystanders, there are two with Moses, who would not see their leader suffer alone anymore. Aaron and Hur, they formed a place for Moses to rest and they held up his hands to ensure victory. Moses, the man of God, he was glad for their help and God had the victory. Church, with this principle embedded in us, church will always break through and triumph. With this principle embedded is us. Imagine if we were lifting hands, unlike lots of other churches that you can hear about, who spend more time standing back and criticising. Instead of lifting their pastors, congregations can get caught in the trap of standing back and instructing him how to lift them. Great sermon, pastor. But if you included this scripture or that one and preached this point, it would have been even better. You might have missed it. Great prayer, pastor. But if you used your Holy Spirit voice and you started with, Thus saith the Lord. Unless you do that, it, doesn't, it makes it sound more reverent and God will move. You must be saying prayers wrong because it's not moving and people aren't responding. Not in this church. Lift your hands higher, pastor. There's not enough people coming into church. Come on, pastor, lift your hands. We're not seeing enough salvations. You're not doing enough discipleship, pastor. You're not stopping people from leaving, pastor. You must be doing something wrong. Pastor, you're not telling the worship team to do the songs I like in the way that I like them. Lift your hands higher and tell them how I like to worship you. The list goes on and on. So this morning, I want to give you four ways that we can lift our pastor's hands. Imagine... Sometimes we can have this picture, and, and it's not true, it's, but it's the best thing I could come up with. This picture of the, the pyramid or the triangle with Godhead at the top, that's where he needs to be. And then sometimes we can perceive pastors in that layer under them, and then leaders and elders and, and un, under that, and, and then the congregation. And, and the move of God flows through. We can sometimes see that, but can I flip it on its head this morning? And can I encourage you to be the congregation because we far outnumber the pastor. And if we prayed for him, as we do, I'm going to say continue praying for him. If we encouraged him, if he had 100 voices every weekend going, go pastor, you're nailing it, lift it up. Keep moving us in that direction that God's gone before us in and he's, he's moving. Imagine what difference the church could be like. So this morning, four ways that we can do that to bring the breakthrough. Firstly, we need to pray. Pray for our pastor and for his family. Lift your hands and pray to God the Father. Commit our pastor to God. If you don't like something he's doing, perhaps you could take that to God and let him speak to Pastor Phil. Because I know Pastor Phil does his devotions every single morning. He has times of prayer right the way throughout the day. If you want God to speak and lead and guide our pastor, speak to the one who's speaking to him. I hope that's okay. I hope this is coming across okay. Whenever you get chance, church, pray for him. Set a reminder in your phone. Choose a point on your way to work that will remind you to pray for our pastor and the family. You know how much opposition you receive yourself. Speaking of opposition, this morning, 
One o'clock, God woke me up. And it was just that stirring. It was that stirring. And I was woken with this and jump and segue into a bit of a testimony. I couldn't breathe. And so God had actually woken me up because I was really struggling to the point where that thought in the head is, I need to wake someone up here. I haven't even had a chance to share this with my wife yet. I really was struggling with breathing and in my head it was, this is not going good. God just prompted me, I'm all you need. I'm all you need. And this is not my encounter every morning. But it made me feel that one day, I see challenges like that sometimes as an opposition to what I'm preaching. Is that God, am I on the right track? But God doesn't correct me like that. There's someone else who corrects me, who tries to trick me like that. And so this morning, just as encouragement, I can stand before you. I ended up having a glass of water. I prayed and prayed for about half an hour. And I'm not sure whether you can still hear it in my voice. It's not 100%, but God's moved. And he confirmed that we're on the right track. And church, we're on the right track. And it led me to go back to bed in peace, putting Satan back in his box. But you know how much opposition you receive yourself from the world, the flesh, Satan. And be assured our pastor does receive that too and perhaps even more. Please, church, pray for him every day and ask God to shower him with wisdom and courage. Pray for our spiritual leader's maturity and growth in the faith. Pray for a blessing and a covering for the whole family. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Reads as, Therefore I exhort first all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all uh, who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Let me draw your attention, church, to verse 2, if it can still be up there or if you can flash back, guys. Pray for kings and all those in authority. Scriptural, please pray. Pray for kings. Pray for those in authority. The blessing of that, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. The Bible teaches us to pray for those in authority. Since the office of the pastor is in the highest office of the church, God wants us to pray for our pastor. If some churches prayed for their pastor as much as they complained or gossiped, the church would be a far healthier place. Amen? Pray specifically, church. Pray for our pastor. Pray for Phil and Elise by name. Pray that your pastors would flourish in their relationship with each other, but mostly with God. That their relationships with their kids, their relationships with others, with believers and non-believers would flourish outside and inside the church. Pray for your pastor to be pure, integrous, spirit-filled, God-glorifying, humble and effective. The more you pray, the more blessed we are with godly leadership in ministry. Secondly, church, if I can encourage you to give freely of your time, talents, spiritual gifts, so that Pastor Phil can direct the affairs of the church, the spiritual affairs of the church, rather than pastoring, the, the, the doing the entire ministry alone. Roll up your sleeves and become part of team. We, we encourage that every single week, not only for your own spiritual growth, for your own growth, not only for each other, but it also encourages Pastor Phil, knowing that we've got in a tremendous church willing to put the shoulder to the plow, taking up our cross, following after Christ. 
This will bless your life and be an encouragement uh, to Pastor Phil. Look for opportunities to use your gifts, talents and work for Christ. God put in Pastor Phil's heart that JC family exists to empower people to impact communities for Christ, both locally and globally. So church, be empowered. Become a soul winner. People all around us are lost in sin. More than I care to admit, more than we would like to see. They're lost, they're dying, they're going to a lost eternity in hell. Do all you can in your power to win them for Jesus. Share his love for them. Tell them what Christ has done for you and what he can do for them. And invite them to church. Nothing encourages Pastor Phil more than having people coming into church. And and someone going, I loved the ministry last weekend, so I brought my friend along. It's so encouraging. Thirdly, the third thing we can do is make a stand. Take a stand. Make the decision to stand close by him. Moses couldn't keep his hands raised if Aaron and Hur had have remained at a distance. They needed the position to position themselves close to Moses. Church, can I use this to encourage you to stop gossip and bad-mouthing? Refuse to listen to or spread gossip about our pastor or to our pastor. Do not speak poorly about or listen to gossip or slander. Full stop. If you hear negative comments, you could try responding with a positive one. You could try saying, I'll pray with you for that. Or you could... Correct it. If misinformation is being spread, correct it with accurate information. Or if people are gossiping, just walk away. It takes that power away straight away. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 5.19, Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Church, we do have processes in place. If you have a complaint about Pastor Phil... Absolutely. Come and there's processes for that. We're not saying um, you don't have the right to have an opinion. But first and foremostly, would you please take that to God? And then secondly, instead of going to everybody else, would you please come to myself or one of the people on the service team, generally Barry or one of the board? The fourth way to uplift our pastor is to submit to his leadership. And I know that one can make people feel really uncomfortable sometimes. Makes people squirm in their seat and I pray that this comes across okay. Our pastor is God's anointed and appointed man to help guide and grow your soul and the soul of your family and he needs love and respect. And that can be shown through that submission to leadership. First Thessalonians, a scriptural basis for this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. It says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognise those who labour among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Church, I'm going to ask, if this message is not a challenge for you, if I'm going to say it, that's so cool. That's great. And I would imagine there's lots of our congregation, and there might even be lots of people watching online, that this actually isn't rocket science this isn't groundbreaking some people have been doing this for many years if this isn't a challenge for you keep doing it if you're sitting there going yep i do that yep i do that yep i do that then can i encourage you please keep doing it i know that there are plenty there are plenty that are take this as an encouragement 
Nothing excites a spiritual leader like seeing the people around them respond to the preaching and teaching. Show that you're listening. Obey and submit to to, um, God's leadership through Pastor Phil, through instruction. Check it with the Word of God. He invites you to do that. Check and see what he's preaching is right. Take it to God. (coughs) Show them that you're listening. Obey and submit to that instruction by putting into practice what's preached. Apply sermons to your life. Applying them to your life can be the most powerful evidence of God's anointing, of Holy Spirit stirring. But if you are stirred to make some changes, church, be bold and brave. These can be quite uncomfortable messages. If you're challenged, be bold and brave to embrace some of those changes that you're being stirred to. Take a moment and ask God, how might that look? And how can I do that better? Church, let's never be the church who stands back. Let's never be the one who stands back and throw rocks. Let's grab hold of the pastor's hands and raise them up so we will start seeing the breakthrough in our world, breakthrough in our nation, breakthrough in our communities, breakthrough in our church, breakthrough in our homes, breakthrough in our lives. We can have the victory, church, when we lift others up. And all those who've agreed, said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.